0: Welcome to the Goal Lines Podcast, your mid-Missouri football guide. If you don't already subscribe, find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's installment of the News Tribune Football Podcast featuring the Blair Oaks Falcons. I'm your host, Tony Hawley, sitting here with Greg Jackson of the News Tribune, and before Greg and I start to break things down this week, let's listen to a little bit of Greg's conversation with Blair Oaks head coach, Ted LePage.
2: All right, coach, let's take a quick look back at last week's 49 or 47-29 win against Westminster. Uh, what were some of the things that jumped out on film when you had a chance to take a second look?
0: We played solid football. We really looked good at times. on both sides of the ball and on special teams. I thought we played a complete football game. The thing that jumped out on film was how well Westminster played. They played outside the bad snaps. They played about as good as they could play. Uh, I've talked to some people in St. Louis. They said that was the best game they played all year. And we'd be a pretty dang good football team. That was uh, impressive that we got in the quarterfinals, had a really good game, and still came with a three-score win.
2: And and defensively, they just threw so many things at you that you really hadn't quite seen yet this year. I mean, the, the two quarterbacks a lot of receiving routes that are a little different. And I think it was like we talked about after the game, I thought it was one of those things where when you look back on film,
0: that's going to be a good film review session. Absolutely. And the other issue that we looked at was we weren't in bad positions. It was they were executing at that high a level. And when you play a team that's executing at that high a level and you still win by three scores, so that was a good day. So we've had some good film work this week. Had great uh, response out of our players. We, you know, they want to. They want to. Ch- they want to challenge. So that they we challenged them this week, to get better, and they they have.
2: Um, and, and taking a look at this, uh, your next opponent, Park Hill Central. I mean, what can you tell about? Uh, tell me about this team that you've seen on film. Uh, they got
0: five screaming athletes, and when I say screaming athletes, they are athletic and they are, are, are as good as anybody we've seen in the athlete positions. They they really have athletes at all five of the skill positions including quarterback they compare their quarterback to Dylan hare and I, I would i would concur with that you know he's very electric very very gifted they have two receivers that are just as credibly gifted as it can be and they've got two outside receivers the running back is a strong hard-nosed guy you know he's a, he's that inside presence you want you turn around and all Six of the guys I just spoke about play defense, so they're, and they are play all play on special teams. They are the warriors of high school football, but they're all athletic and all really scary.
2: Uh, you know, last week we talked about maybe turnovers being a key, and, and while there were no turnovers, as we mentioned after the game, I thought the fumbled snaps, there were, like, two or three instances of those in which really affected Westminster Christians, set them way behind the
0: chains. The thing that we have noticed this year, our defensive line puts fear in people. And I, I think we undersell our defensive line sometimes. And uh, Jackson Marshall and Aiden Luckett last week really hurting in the inside gaps and being able to create so much havoc makes centers nervous. We've seen a lot of bad snaps this year, and hopefully that will carry on this week because our, uh, you know, our defensive line is pretty dominant down there, and we feel like that's an advantage for us.
2: Okay, other than that, what do you see as some other keys to come out with a win on Saturday?
0: Be ourselves. You know, have fun playing football. I thought last week we played not to lose, and that's been the object ever since Saturday when we got home and reviewed film. I said, we're playing to win. We didn't come here not to play to scare. We're coming into this game because this is a team that's got dynamic firepower. So do we. This is a team that was the expert's pick, and everybody's saying, when their quarterback's healthy, he was hurt for three games, they were injured. This is the team that's supposed to win it all. Okay. Okay. Well, let's go. Let's go. Let's go.
1: All right. That was Blair Oaks head coach, Ted LePage. um, Greg, you know, we had a lot of expectations, I think, for last week's Westminster-Christian game. Um, And it comes as probably no surprise. We talked about it. Someone's going to have to score a lot, and they're going to have to be able to keep up with Blair Oaks. Westminster-Christian put up 29. They just weren't able to put up the 47 that Blair Oaks put up.
2: Yeah, I I think what helped Blair – I mean, I think Blair Oaks, if I remember right, received the opening kick, went down, scored – And, you know, I mean, Westminster Christian, if I remember right, the first two possessions they had the ball, they totaled 100 yards of offense and came away with three points. They had had a 38-yard field goal and then a turnover on downs in Blair Oaks territory. And to me, that felt like it was a somewhat deflating moment for them because you talk about the Blair Oaks defense being so good, and that was an example of how they can bend and not break. Right. Because I think that's – I mean, to me, that's a pretty big deal when you give up 100 yards on two drives and only yield three points. And all of a sudden, it's 14-3. to Going into the final minute of the second quarter, it was 28-3. Now, to Westminster Cred- Christian's credit, they came back, made it a bit of a game. But I think what hurt them was – they got the ball, that's right, they got the ball to start the second half, and they scored a touchdown, but it took them eight minutes, almost eight minutes to score. Right, right. And then Blair Oaks gets the ball, they scored two minutes, and just like that, you've taken ten minutes off the clock in right. a 24-minute half, and we're back to where we started. Right. And I thought that was a little yeah. bit deflating for them. Um, I know, obviously, Nick Clauser returning the onside kick for a touchdown was definitely the deflating moment. Um. For Westminster, but you know what they play. I mean, they played a heck of a game. They threw for 335 yards against yeah. a good Blair Oaks right. defense. Um, they just could not get enough stops, and I thought Blair Oaks ran enough jet sweeps or enough arounds that they kind of took that uh, that Division One defensive end out of the game and really, yeah. really kind of neutralized him early on. Yeah,
1: I was going to say if if you talk to. Pre- basically the, any teams that are left playing at this point, kind of across all classes. Mm-hmm. And if you say, hey, you're going to play in a state quarterfinal game and you're going to score 29 points and you're going to pass for 335, most teams are going to feel pretty good yeah. and think, you know what, we're either in it or we've won this game. And they end up being twenty, you know, 18 points still behind. You know, So that kind of shows you just how good Blair Oaks is, that a team can put up lots of stats and lots of points and look
2: pretty good while doing it and still not be anywhere close to beating them. And I really don't think this is a knock on Westminster, but one of the quotes I used in my preview story for today's sake to so my final game was when I was talking to Coach LePage about that game. Uh, the quarter-final game, and he said, look, I talked to some people in St. Louis, and they honestly thought that was the best game Westminster Christian played all year. Okay. He's like, that's a pretty big deal when you could face a team in the state playoffs. They play their best game of the year, and you still beat them by three scores. Right, so I think right. that gives... I, I, again, it was one, like on the sidelines, it just didn't feel... Like, it, it, I don't know if Blair Oaks went in thinking that they needed to dominate, but they didn't feel, like, it, I didn't get the sense that they're like, oh, man, we're going to the state semifinals. We're one of the last four teams playing. It, it, I, I got the impression they felt like maybe they left a lot on the table and okay. should have done better, but... Again, at this point, like, there are no style points. I, I know right, uh, right. I've listened to other podcasts, and you all talk about style points. We don't really talk about that much on, for Blair Witch Football no. because they do have a lot of style points. <laughs> right. When you get to this point in the season, style points don't matter. You right. having more points than your opponent at the end of the game is all that matters at this point. Yeah. So the next
1: team that they'll try to get more points than comes today. Mm-hmm. So 1 o'clock start at the Falcon Athletic Complex, and the semifinal opponent is Park Hill Central, who brings a, a record of 9-3 and into yeah. today's
2: game. And they're a team that... I know they're unranked, and if you take a look, you know District 4 had four ranked teams, and Districts 1 through 3 had no ranked teams. But I, I think going in, we all had a feeling that this was the best team in Districts 1 through 3. They're not ranked right now, but they probably would be state ranked if their starting quarterback didn't get hurt, and they lost three consecutive games in the middle of the regular season. Yeah. I, honestly, if he doesn't get hurt... This could be an undefeated Park Hill Central team, and they could very well be a top-five team in the state okay. right now. Um, and honestly, the way they've been playing, you could make the argument they are like a top-five team in the state, honestly. Well, um, I mean,
1: you mentioned it. September 29th against Valley Catholic was their last loss. And it's not only that that was their last loss, but these are the scores they've had since then. 59-7, 44-10, 47-21, 44-14, 52-13, 50-28. So not nothing close. Yeah. Nothing and, close and, for weeks.
2: And while you've got it pulled up, let's see. Mm-hmm. So they lost Valley Catholic Lost. To Saint Genevieve, who's the one they lost Cape to? Cape Central. Cape Central. So I mean, they lost to three good teams. Right. Like those are not bad right. losses. And and honestly, it's not like they got blown out in really right. any of Right. Cape those.
1: Central was a seven point loss, a uh, well, one point loss to Saint Jen, and then a fourteen point loss to Valley Cat. Yeah. And so. I
2: mean, yeah. I, honestly, and, and again, they're doing that without a starting quarterback. Now, the player I'm going to talk about here in a minute, Joe Bryant, took. I mean, he's their starting running back who took over as quarterback. And, and he did pretty darn well in those three games. I, I mean, I, I, I think maybe what hurt was you you had to tinker with the offense a little bit. Sure. And obviously, he's got the ball on every play. Whereas, if you have a, a, a quality quarterback like Casey Murphy in there, now you've got the threat of, uh, of Bryant being anywhere on the field. But, I mean, he did a pretty darn good job. I mean, let me point out his numbers because I don't think we've ever seen numbers like this from one person in a single season. He's got 1,171 rushing yards. That's pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. He's also got 839 receiving yards. And oh, by the way, he's got 1,316 <laughs> passing yards. He's got more than 3,000 total yards. And if he has a huge receiving day, he'd have 1,000, 1,000, 1,000. I don't right. know if I've ever seen somebody have a, those three numbers all in the same right. season. Yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy. And and, uh, and he's probably going to be a Division One basketball player. Like, he's this <laughs> good at football, and he's probably going to be a Division One basketball player instead. <laughs> so... I think
1: all the signs are pointing towards the stuff that we've been talking about for a couple weeks now where it sounds like, okay, somebody that's going to have to give... Blair Oaks, a real good push, and yeah. get a chance to beat him, is going to have to be able to put up some points. And you go, okay, this sounds like this might be one of those teams that can that can you know put up yards, put up points. Because, I mean, they put up 50 last week, yeah. and a 50-20 went over Borgia to, to get to this point. So, you know, you know yeah. when, you're, when you're beating somebody in the quarters and you're putting up 50, that's
2: kind of a Blair Oaks-esque number. You know, I'm glad you bring that up, because that was one of the things Coach LePage pointed out to me. He's like, this Park Hill Central team reminds me a lot of last year's Blair Oaks team, in okay. that they just – really thrive on the big plays. Now, going back to the, the quarterfinal game they won against Borgia, I mean, they were actually trailing 28-24 eight four or early in the second half, if I remember right, and, you know, scored the last 26 points. It was a close – it was a relatively close game, you know, a one-possession game. And then in the final two minutes, you know, Borgia throws a pair of pick sixes. The one that Bryant caught returned 89 yards for a touchdown. That, I mean, I, if if – Folks, if you're listening, if you get a chance, go find that video somewhere because that was one heck of a one-handed interception. And then he just, that I mean, he ran as fast as he could, and, and nobody was anywhere near him by the time he got to the end zone. That was a heck of a pick six. Um, so, again, you, that being said, you know, Blair Oaks beat this Borgia team by, I believe—I think it was 54-14 in the district championship game last year. We're one year later. Yes, Blair Oaks is, I mean, it's a different Blair Oaks team. Uh, Borgia probably got a little bit better, and Borgia was right there with Park Hill Central for most of the game. They just made a couple of really big mistakes in the second half that allowed Park Hill Central to pull away. So uh, again, you're going to face a Park Hill Central team. That, that was their first ever state quarterfinal win. They they were 0-9 in the state quarterfinals okay. up until that, so this is the, the, farth- or the furthest they've ever made in the state playoffs. So we talk about how there's going to be a good chance with this being the Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend, Blair Oaks is going to show up. Oh my goodness, Park Hill Central, is I know it's a three-hour drive, but they're going to show up uh, pretty big too, I think, because they've never been here before. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I think that's one of that might be one of those variables where you go, okay, in a game like this where it looks like both teams have pretty good offenses, both teams have pretty good defenses, and we'll talk about Park Hill Central defense here in a second, but... You kind of start wondering. Okay, you start looking at intangibles, and yeah. one of those intangibles is going to be experience. And you go, okay, that's where you look at it and go, this is decidedly in Blair Oak's favor, especially even even with the turnover the teams yeah. have from year to year to year. There's still a lot of guys who played a lot of big games for this team. Yeah. There will be guys for Park Hill Central who is this is the biggest game they've ever played. So yeah. you have to go, okay, maybe that sort of thing leans to helping in Blair Oak's side.
2: Yeah, especially since you know a lot of the Blair Oak starters on defense played were starters last year. You know, offense about half of the guys back this year were starters uh half the starters back this year were starters last year i do think that experience makes a difference you take a look and in the state quarterfinals and semifinals each of the past two years blair oaks is playing a team for the first time you know last year it was lift for life in the quarterfinals bowling green in the semifinals this year you know it was westminster christian quarterfinals and now uh, park hill central in the semifinals so uh, you know, I, I agree with you. I think that will make a difference. I think maybe playing at home because this is the first time Blair Oaks <laughs> you, is hosting. You stole my next. Question. <laughs> I, I, yeah, this is the first time they're hosting a state playoff game since twenty twenty. Because if you remember, they didn't make it out of districts in twenty one, and both of those games last year were on the road, as was last week's quarterfinal game. Right. So I think, I think you've also got players. I mean. Uh, Maybe a few only a few of these players have played in a home state semifinal game. So for them that's I mean, I think that's what's really got them amped up is like finally we've been in the state playoffs so often but we haven't had a home playoff game.
1: Right. And that does that is another one of those where you go, Okay, if you're looking at intangibles and what could sway things a little bit, I'm not saying it's you know, it's like a home field advantage in some sports or it's not like you're you know, you're going to play Georgia at Georgia. We're talking about, yeah, it's home field advantage, but I do feel like it's worth something. And if if you're looking for things that like what could be something that makes a factor just could be as simple as now granted they haven't had a chance because of not playing any of those Play a home playoff games in a while. They haven't maybe taken a kickoff at the Falcon Athletic Complex at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. So that is going to be a little bit different for some of these guys. Mm-hmm. But it's still going to be you're doing it at the Falcon Athletic Complex where you should know kind of every every bump in the ground, every every little gust of wind, how it affects things out there. Should be very familiar. To them.
2: And to me, this is what you talk about being familiar. To me, this feels so much like last year's state final game against Bowling Green coming in. You've got two teams that are just so explosive on offense offense I, I can't I, I think the score was somewhere on the lines of 66-48 last year with Bowling Green so I mean again you know a hundred plus point score I, I, I really feel like this is a game we talk about how teams have to score with Blair Oaks to keep up with them right I would argue I mean Blair Oaks they really I mean Blair Oaks is going to have to score pretty darn close every time to touching the ball just because I would, I mean, I really think Park Hill Central is one of those teams that can score at any given moment on, uh, anywhere on the field. You know, we've talked about Joe Bryant, but I mean, you know, Canaan Harlow is also one of the top receivers, more than a thousand yards receiving. He's going to run track and field next year at MU. You've also got Caden Casey, Braden Barry, and oh, by the way, a lot of these guys are going to be starting on defense in the secondary too. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much we talk about is you know we talk about with Southern Boone a couple of weeks ago is going both ways going to wear down these players. Sure. Well, they've been doing it for twelve games and they're right. nine and three, so I don't really think that's as much of a factor. Perhaps not, but that might be the part where, and we'll talk about injuries later in terms of mm-hmm. Blair Oaks,
1: but that might be something where yes, it may not be the sort of thing where necessarily their conditioning may do it, but as you get a little more nicks and bumps yeah. and bruises, where it's nagging. That's one of those where if you're someone who's fresh and you only have half the contact plays, that might be something where this by
2: this time of year, that
1: might start to
2: add and, up for them. And really where I think the biggest difference would be made is if you have to make in-game adjustments. If you're playing both ways, sure, sure. You, nobody, you don't have time on the sideline to go over those I mean, in-game adjustments. Your only time you're going to be able to do it is during timeouts, which are like a minute long, or you're going to have to do something at halftime when you have 20 minutes to regroup. Right. So I think if anything, maybe that's the biggest thing is if you have to make those in-game adjustments Blair Oaks has the advantage because sure. they've got guys that can go over that in the sideline, and, right. and and in Park Hill Central really can't. Um, like I guess I I just I'll be very curious to see if, if Blair Oaks can get a couple of stops early on in the game. I think that will make a big difference because again, when I take a look at Blair Oaks' offense, have teams found ways to stop them on drives? Yes, but not consistently. Right. And so, is, my question is: Is Park Hill's going to be that team that can get? A couple of stops when Blair Oaks can't get stops on the other. End.
1: Right. Um, we've kind of mentioned it. We'll t- we talk around it a little bit, but let's just go ahead and address the injury situation from a standpoint yeah. because when you're talking about intangibles, whether it be experience in big games, home field advantage, injuries is another huge, big determinant oh, yeah. at this point of year. And it sounds like the, you know, the Falcons suffered a couple big losses last week.
2: Yeah, uh, Eli Luckett suffered a knee injury. He will not be available. Uh, to play this week. So, you know, a starting running back who tore his ACL last year, came back and rushed for more than 800 yards this year, and and is second on the team in touchdowns. I believe he's got 16 rushing touchdowns this year, so that is going to be a big loss. Uh, Taking over his spot as a running back on offense, it's going to alternate between a couple of Bleros defensive players, Brady Kerperin and Jace Rackers. We've seen them both play here and there on offense, okay. but, you know, not consistently. So, that, again, we talk about there's a couple more players who are going to be playing both ways that normally I played one way. Right. I, I, that being said, I still feel kind of good for – I mean, you know, losing Eli is huge, but these are – I mean, it, it, you know what it, – it, if, if you're going to find replacements, these are very, very suitable replacements. Sure. I mean, Jace Rackers had one carry for 10 yards last uh, week. And Brady Kerperin, you know, really is more of like the goal line guy when okay. it comes to running the wishbone and getting those two and three yard touchdowns. So, I, and they, they'll be great blocking running backs okay. if they're not getting the ball. Um, another injury is Joey Wilde had an ankle injury after making a catch in the first quarter. Uh, you know, came out of the game, might have played sparingly the rest, but he wasn't 100%. Okay. He'll be a game-time decision, and that's another key injury because he is one of the two starters that does start both ways, at wide receiver and safety. So, okay. again, they will have suitable replacements if Joey is not able to go. But, again, he, him being a senior, being having all that experience, if he's unable to play, that will be a big loss for Blair Oaks. Yeah.
1: One more variable that kind of goes into all sorts of games, and especially the big games, is is weather. Um, I don't think it's supposed to be anything where, you know, we're talking precip yeah. or anything. Man, while if we had played last night, we're talking about a game that's played in the low 30s yeah. in the dark. This one's only going to be played probably in the low 40s today, but at least the sun will yeah. be shining theoretically, make it feel a little bit warmer. So you go, okay, it's going to be chilly, and by the end yeah. of the game, everybody will be cold. Um, no yeah. matter what where they're sitting, no matter where they're
2: playing, they'll be cold by the end of it. It's just a matter of how cold, and it won't be as bad as it would have been last night. I was going to say, I learned a long time ago not to ask Coach LePage any questions about weather because right. uh, 10 to 1 odds, he's going <laughs> to say, hey, it's Falcon weather, and I get that. And really, the only time I can recall weather being a factor that worked against the Falcons was that district championship game against Mexico a couple of years ago. That game, it wasn't because it was in the upper 20s. It was below freezing. It was that there was also a wind going in their face. And when they fell behind 14-0, they're suddenly throwing into a wind. And I think that altered a few passes. Sure. So I think my, uh, the biggest concern is what will the wind be like tomorrow? Right. I, I, I don't think temperatures will be a factor. I think you're right. I think the sun being out might help warm it up. And it might feel like the mid to upper 40. A little more tolerable. Yeah, I I guess my biggest question is what's the win going to be like? And and really, that's where the coin toss comes in because even if you uh, lose that coin toss, you know, almost at this point in the season, maybe direction is just as important as who gets to receive the opening kick.
1: Absolutely. This is getting to the point of the podcast where we just start talking about predictions, and I'm going to ask you for a prediction, but I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball. I'm going to ask you about the other semifinal first. I would would like to get your feeling for, okay, we know that either – Blair Oaks or Park Hill Central. One of them is going to win this game. They'll be playing somebody next week. It's either going to be St. Pius the X out of Kansas City or it's going to be Seneca. Which do you think is the opponent that one of these teams will be facing in the state championship game?
2: You know, I'm going to go with Seneca. Uh, a, because I think them having home field advantage will make a big difference. I have, that being said, I have been impressed with St. Pius X. You know, they lose in the regular season at Maryville. They go up there and they win rather convincingly in the district title game. Then come back and win rather convincingly against Odessa. I think they're having a great season. I just, you know, Seneca... It had a very good season last year, and I think they're ready to make that push to get in the state championship game. I'm going to say Seneca wins that game. Uh, let's say 35-21.
1: Okay, and then in that state championship game, they will be playing who?
2: Well, I I had picks in the News Tribune this week, but I'm gonna I'm gonna alter my pick because I had to make it Tuesday night before I took a deep dive into Park Hill Central, <laughs> okay. and I know I, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get the Park Hill Central score right because. Taking a look at the quarterfinal game, they mostly went for two-point conversions, and I picked an odd number, okay. so uh, I, I will slightly alter it. I'm still gonna keep Blair Oaks with 49 points. I, I like I said, to me, it would not surprise me if this is a shootout, just because you know we we've, we it's a young Blair Oaks secondary. A lot of them are sophomores, and I do have some experienced seniors. But you know, like I said, there I. I'll be curious to see how much they stepped up their game after watching film and learning from mistakes against Westminster Christian. Sure. Cause again, Westminster Christian completed close to 75% of their passes. Okay. And I think that's what really got them going was that they didn't, uh, that, I mean, they were able to keep moving the ball consistently. And, and really, if you take a look at their incomplete passes, a lot of them were throwaways. Okay. Um, so I, I, I do think that, Park Hill Central is going to find a way to score. I do think they're going to get a couple of, they're going to get some big touchdowns. But I, I really think Blair Oaks is going to, I think they're going to score a couple touchdowns early, and they're, it's going to be hard to catch them. So I'm going to go with the score of Blair Oaks 49, Park Hill Central 34. All right, that should do it for this
1: week. For Greg Jackson, I'm Tony Hawley saying thanks for listening.
2: For more information about this week's game, pick up a copy of the Goal Line section in Friday's News Tribune and get game updates and more prep sports content all week by following Greg Jackson on Twitter at ActionJackson05. That's Action J-A-X-O-N 5 Thanks for listening.